All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. What's the matter? Your hand hurt? I have a wrist problem. I think hmm. I have carpal tunnel. Is carpal I'm tunnel sure in the wrist? Old age. That too. Um, I mean, that's that hits me every day. But yeah, I got. Uh, yeah, it just it gets sore every once in a while. All right. Well, it's, while we stretch it out, yeah. uh, Josh is going to start up with quick takes. You you do some stretching, okay? <laughs> good morning, you two. Good morning, Josh. How are we doing? I'm okay. Good, good. I got a question for you, Adam, because I know. Uh, at the end of Vanita's show, you you were talking about shopping, gift yeah. shopping. Yep. Uh, have you ever, in being a husband like myself, mm-hmm. I'm also a husband, mm-hmm. have you ever bit the bullet and went lingerie shopping? Ooh. <laughs> well? <laughs> yes, of course I have. have you, yeah, who hasn't? Have I been the guy in Victoria's Secret walking around feeling very uncomfortable? Of course. Yes. Hey, so wait, I'm not so, judging. I'm not ju- nobody's no, judging. Nobody's so judging. then do you get a fashion show? Like, do you go in and see how this stuff fits, or you just kind of wait there until she decides? Oh, we know the, we know the waiting game all too well. I mean, I, okay. I know what I like. Yeah. So I go in and see if I can find uh, something that uh, I like that I think she would like, too. It's yeah. nothing crazy. I mean, I'll be honest about it, but. Yeah. But I, it's hard to go in there and not feel uncomfortable. Well, uh, really? if you were in a... Yes, because, like, okay, I'm a 48-year-old man, and I walk in there, and most of the people working at Victoria's Secret are in their 20s, yes. young women, mm-hmm. and it's like, yeah, you just... That is a creepy dynamic. There's no way around mm-hmm. it. So, I uh, yeah. yeah. So, if I can overcome that, I have no problem. Once a year is fine, I can go into Victoria's Secret. <laughs> Well, long story short, uh, Adam and Jordana, a Michigan lingerie store, Curvaceous Lingerie, received a rude awakening when a deer came crashing through and destroyed the store. Uh, The deer did get pretty caught up and left bleeding through a prompt open door. Uh, No word on whether this deer is still up and moving, but the store is currently closed for the time being for repairs. Your thoughts, Adam? Buck, maybe it was a buck. You know, it's the rut right now, and the bucks yeah. are uh, they're looking for love in all the wrong places. Yeah. So ah, it, the ah. article did say, be on the lookout yes. for deers with we bras have... and panties hanging from its antlers. Yeah, there could be, yeah. you know, so you, you call it you know what we call that in the deer hunting. You you <laughs> take that deer down, you got a bonus there. If you got a little, yeah. where'd you come back with all these panties from deer hunting? Right. Honey, I brought you dinner and some lingerie. <laughs> You'd be have some explaining to do. Let's Jor, just put it Jor, what's really your thoughts funny. on this? Uh, the buck. I look. If I hope that they got my size. If I see them floating around, I will pick that off of the antlers. And uh, there you go. Always love a free panty from yeah. Victoria's Secret. I was going to use a, a Black wherever. Friday saving saving yourself some dough and then use it in a deer turn. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Anyways, oh, but I'm passing on yeah. that one. Yes. Um. Yeah. Well done. Uh, Next question. I'm going to start with you, Jor. What is the nicest bathroom you have ever been in? I'm asking all the pressing questions this morning. What is the nicest bathroom you have ever been in? 
Wow, that's a really good question. Uh, the nicest bathroom I've ever been in. Um, I, I imagine it would, must have been at like some luxury hotel that maybe I had the opportunity to stay Was in. Was there like a bidet? A, maybe a Four Seasons. Uh, you know, I, I, I haven't used a bidet. No. Life, life is I short. Be? Get a bidet. Yeah, but yeah, I guess. I'm pro bidet. Okay. I'm pro bidet. <laughs> if I could, do, a I should, dude. I get a dude. I'd have a bidet if I could. If I could. If I could fit one in there, but I can't. Yeah. Well, I got. Why some do po- you ask? Are you, yeah. <laughs> I got some potty humor out of jolly old England, where four men have been charged uh, in their mid thirties. Just to throw the age out there, not not that that matters. With the stealing a golden toilet out of the mansion where one Winston Churchill was born. <sighs> Uh, toilet was valued at 4.8 million pounds. Uh, that is 5.95 million dollars. That's uh, the headline right there. How, how on earth do you have a five million dollar toilet? It is a toilet. golden toilet. That is yeah. why is my next question. That, that, hey, oh my I, I don't know. Uh, 1.25 million is what it got knocked down to after the removal. So I'm assuming they did some pretty good damage to it, trying to get yeah. it out of the out of the Blindheim Palace, but. Uh, yeah, four men have been charged with trying to steal a toilet. Nobody knows why, besides maybe the monetary value. But uh, yeah. makes you wonder, maybe the people that installed it had something on the inside. Maybe it was an inside job. You never know. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. Golden to- See, yeah. isn't that just a waste? Isn't yes, that is. completely excess? You I mean, are literally uh, taking really? – you are literally – Saying, I have so much money, I can mm-hmm. take a dump Poop on Poop all over. Yes. Right, right. You're flushing your money down the toilet. Literally. Literally. Are you saying I that mean, Jason DeRussia has a golden toilet? That's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, honestly, friends, like, okay, it's a palace. I get it. But <sighs> a golden toilet, that... That's that. That pushes me over the edge. That's too expensive. But a bidet. Now, yeah. if you got a golden oh, bidet, uh, yeah, a bidet is a game changer. Yeah. That is worth right. more than four point. Good to know. Yeah. I'll have to Correct. invest. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can be one of a few that have a golden toilet. By the way, I have an answer to the what's the nicest bathroom you've ever been in? Yeah. yeah. Downstairs at the Cambria Gallery. Oh, that bath, yeah. the men's bathroom She's down there oh, is. I don't know if it's just because ours are so hideous here in this in yeah. the, on this floor. Hey, the second one is like a mansion. Second floor one's a mansion compared the, to the You first go floor. down to uh the Cambria Gallery that is a beautiful men's room. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I'll take your word for it. I've not been in the Cambria Gallery yet. Um last but not least, uh the Twin Cities researchers are launching a first of its kind clinical trial that could revolutionize how cancer is diagnosed and treated. Uh, testing it out with uh, breast cancer. Scientists are using blood collected from a uh, uh, or collected from a blood draw and running it through a machine, and then using artificial intelligence technology, they create a 3D holographic image of the cells, identifying the cancer cells and separate them from the healthy ones. Uh, they they're doing it basically so they can get more of a, pri- a precise uh, look at each cancer cell and which one's different than the other. Uh, doctor, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing this right. Padrinath Kennedy, who is president of the Alina Health Cancer Institute and chief medical officer of Astrin Biosciences uh, out of St. Paul, is kind of the brains behind this uh, clinical trial. And uh, they say they're looking for about 50 patients to take part in a possible potential, um, I guess, study, if you will, to try and Mm. see how effective this is. Uh, The number, if interested, is joining in this study. Jordana, what are your thoughts on this? So you can find the number at WCCRadio.com, by the way. Yeah, I'm I'm all for clinical trials. I mean, that's how we make advances. Mm. So <clears throat> obviously everybody is 
has to do what's best for them and their care. But I mean, the fact that AI hasn't found a cure for cancer makes me think that AI is not as smart as we think it is, because it seems that it there should be a way for them to figure out who's going to get it or who's or how these cells replicate and how to stop it or speed up some kind of these trials. So I'm all for trials. When I was at Mayo, uh, whatever trial they asked me to be in, I happily said, yes, sign me up, use me, you know, wh- whatever you want to do. I am all for clinical trials because that's how we find cures. So um, I hope people sign up and I hope they get beneficial results from it. We've talked about the yin and the yang of artificial intelligence, the the doomsdayers who say, you know, that AI could lead to the destruction of the world. Yeah, that's oh, a bad God. thing. That'd be a bad thing. Yeah. Very bad. But... Mm-hmm. The, the guests we've had on to talk about the possibilities in science and medicine uh, from AI, the possibility that we could cure cancer by all means. So, yeah, that, I, and I, I understand that it's probably going to take a little time to get there. But, yeah, the more information that mm-hmm. AI gathers, the better outcome it will be for all of us. So, Jory, you said you have done the clinical studies before? Yeah, that okay. I would. I mean, most of them that I was involved in were, you know, like permission. Hey, can we use your blood in For this sure. clinical trial? Hey, can we follow you? Can we call you? You know, that kind of thing. But I would also be very interested in doing clinical trials on medication. Like if it was going to advance science, I would um, – I I would offer myself to do that because the, I am the beneficiary of past clinical trials on yeah. blood cancers, and Josh, so are you. Yeah, that, you know, and that's what that, I was kind of getting at too. Is I, I wonder, mm-hmm. I, I didn't know for sure if this was something like a lot of times when you go, like I could easily give blood or plasma, but they will not take you if you are a leukemia patient, or ex leukemia patient. So that's kind of one of the more unfortunate parts of you know wanting to give mm-hmm. blood and help out is. That mm-hmm. you are exiled from essentially forever, but this is kind of interesting that they're able to kind of use that regardless mm-hmm. if you've had cancer in the past or not. Breast cancer or not. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Amazing technology. Text coming in on nicest bathrooms people have nope. been in. Nicest public bathroom, the airports at MSP. Is this from Larry Craig? No, I'm sorry. Uh, nicest, oh, stop it. Nicest, oh my God. nicest hotel bathroom, the bathrooms in the rooms at Disney's Alunai mm-hmm. Resort. Uh, hold on, I don't know. Maybe really? Uh, really? Sheik's Cafe in Minneapolis oh. had the best bathroom years ago. Okay, uh, is that true or is that's a troll? Well, Sheik's was a gentleman's Sheik's club. Is, right. So did they have nice men's bath? Oh, I don't know. Adam, come on. What's that? I've never been to Sheik's. I've never been to Sheik's. <laughs> uh, a couple other texts, random texts here. I took my 95-year-old grandmother to the mall. She had to go to Victoria's Secret. I was so uncomfortable. That's, yep, that make me uncomfortable. Uh, and then, I love that your 95-year-old grandmother is still wearing uh, yeah, lingerie. bravo. Bring yeah, it. Don't bring me along, bring Grammy. Granny. And Adam, what's the cheapest meat you can get this time of year? Uh, that would be deer balls. They're under a buck. Back after this yes. on CCO. <laughs> Do you have an accountability coach or an accountability partner? I bring this, this up. This is a dicey... <laughs> <laughs> I bring it up. Now you laugh, but look, I mean, if people uh, were quick to, you know, point fingers and laugh at people, especially in this. Okay. So how's speaker Mike Johnson? All right. He's the new speaker of the house. Very conservative, very Christian. Uh, in a video that came up, it was filmed last year. He talks about how he and his son 
are accountability partners, and they use a software called Covenant Eyes that watches their electronic devices to ensure that they're not looking at anything unwholesome or pornography, basically. Um, but let, let, can we just stop right there for a minute that there is an app that will monitor your own, because you have to put it on your phone, mm-hmm. your own um, activity if you're watching something that it considers mm-hmm. unholy. Um, do you happen to know what happens? Like, let's say you do look at a sexy picture. Uh, do you get like an electrical zap or do you? I don't know. But I think there's a lot of people, though, that uh, maybe not pornography, but would pay for an app that monitors what their kids are looking at. So okay. they might. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the reason there's also some security issues now involved with this, if he's still using that, that, OK, this is the speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives. And if there's a a third-party private app that's monitoring what's on his phone, that's that's a security problem. Um, but, it, now, again, we, we, we can poke fun at this, but don't, I, I, you know, I think... You, you want me to watch your, your activity online, Adam, and keep you in check? <laughs> no, so don't I don't. No, Is that what you're asking for? It's, you know, no. no. Uh, that's not what I'm asking, but I'm also I'm not ready to you know totally you know criticize somebody because if they feel like that and right. he and his son want to do that, you know, good on them. I don't know. Does that say that they have an insatiable need to look at pornography and that, that this app is somehow restricting that? I mean, I, I guess you know where does willpower come in if if it's such a problem? Can't you just not look at it? Do you need the app to make sure you're not looking at it or to tattle on you if you do? Or is this a way to, like, connect with your kid and say, oh, I'll do it on my phone, too, and you do it on your phone to make them put it on and not delete it or disable it? Mm-hmm. And look, I'm not going to tell somebody else how to parent. Right. And I don't necessarily think porn is super beneficial for young no. people. I no. definitely do not. I do not think that. Um, but it, it begs the greater question and, you know, we poke a little fun at Mike Johnson and his kid. And now this is public, which must be very embarrassing for his child, by the way, maybe, I mean, Mike Johnson talked about it publicly, uh, but also do you need an accountability coach in your life? Earlier in my career, uh, I did once have a relationship with another writer, another a woman writer in New York, and she wanted to kind of start a blog. She wanted to have her own business and start a blog. And and she said, will you be my, I guess she called it an accountability coach. Can we check in once a week and make sure that we're both writing? And I said, okay, we will for a little. I didn't have ambitions to be a blogger or mm-hmm. have that kind of online presence. So, you know, she sent me her stuff a few times. I checked in with her and then we, we weren't very good accountability coaches because we kind of fell off the bandwagon <laughs> yeah. on that. But in the beginning, it was a good exercise to keep us both writing right. every week and checking in and because you are accountable to somebody else and you felt guilty like, oh, I have my meeting with Emma tonight. <clears throat> I better have something to show her. You know, to send her. And so I understand the need for that. Sure, is it a little weird that your dad or your son is your accountability coach for porn? But you know what? That's, I definitely am not going to judge how to parent that. My kids and I talk about tough stuff too. Yeah. And I mean, you can look at this and say, okay, is this really, are they both accountable to each other? I mean, to me, it's more of, okay, dad is making sure his 17 year old son isn't watching pornography. And Mm -hmm. again, that's fine. I think a lot of parents probably would. 
do the same thing? Would they tell mm-hmm. a reporter about it? You're right. I mean, let's not forget this poor 17-year-old kid now. It's, yeah, it's like I it's know. out there. But no, we all, we all like, I think about fitness, gyms. That's why people join gyms to join fitness classes. Yes. Because yes. guess what? There's a trainer there or there's other people who are saying, hey, Adam, you missed, where were you this morning? We missed you here. And that's, you feel bad then. You're like, you feel shame. Like, you know what? I did. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. where accountability mm-hmm. coaches come in. So I think it really works for the gym too. You know, when somebody sure is expecting does. you at the gym or expecting you to spot them or you mm-hmm. need them, you're mad if they don't show up. And you do. That's why people, like you said, go to gyms, that the energy of other people doing the same thing that you're doing or having the same goals is important when you set out to accomplish something. So the gym is a perfect example for this. Again, if you want to make that porn in your life that's you know that that's your choice that's at least you ha- are having accountability accountability is a should be a good word in today's society mm-hmm. and we welcome that um i don't know that i would want certainly my mom or dad or a child watching my online activities but if that's what you want to um stress and the value of yeah. your home that i don't i'm not judging that i i am not do you have an accountability coach I, is Jen your accountability coach well I mean you, you know I think your marriage partner is that's kind of a default accountability coach right I mean we yeah if, if not for your partner then it's like God knows what I'd be doing it's like I have to mm-hmm. be a good husband so I'm not going to do some of the bad behaviors I otherwise might so I think just having a, a spouse is an activity coach so let's keep talking about this after the break because I think there are great okay. Okay. examples of positive uh, accountability coaches. Sure. Uh, the gym mm-hmm. is one of them. Uh, dieting is one, another one. If you got to check in with somebody, 651-461-9226. 651-461-9226. Who holds you accountable? We'll uh, get into that next. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Accountability partners. Do you have one? Do you want one? Do you need one? Of course, we're talking about this because new Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, um, has shared with the public that he and his son use an app, use um, an electronic monitoring system to make sure that each other is not watching porn. It's a, a monitoring system to watch each other's porn intake. And while that is a sensational headline and maybe you think it's a little odd, you know, dude doesn't want his kid watching porn. I don't want my kid watching porn either, mm-hmm. but I don't have an app on his phone. I talk to him about it and don't necessarily monitor all of that. But it it leads to the greater question, um, what do we need an accountability coach for? Maybe they feel they need it to not watch porn. Okay, fine. No judgment. That's yeah. that's fine. That's a lofty goal. What do you need it for? Do you need it for the gym? Do you have it? And has it worked for you? We're kind of intrigued by this idea of an accountability coach. And honestly, 
CEOs do this. Yes. They make their staffs accountable. Everybody has actionable items. They are accountable to each other. Companies are accountable to each other. Leadership teams are accountable to each other. And sometimes families are accountable to each other. Did you walk the dog? Did you, you know, uh, empty the dishwasher? Did you do that? And when somebody is watching, it's more likely that that will get Mm -hmm. done. You know, we don't want accountability coaches on things like what we're eating because that gives us, you know, body disorders, you know, eating disorders. But going to the gym is another one. And if somebody shames you for not showing up for your morning routine, that's going to get you out of bed the next day to make sure it happens. So I've been trying to think of what kind of accountability coach I have in my life. You know, Mark and I have a lot of Jewish rituals that are in our life. And sometimes on Saturday night, we do a ritual called Havdalah to mark the end of Shabbat, the end of the Sabbath that's over. And there are some times when we're in bed and we're like, oh my gosh, we forgot to do Havdalah. We will get out of bed and go downstairs. And it's just a five-minute ceremony that mm-hmm. we you know, say a couple of prayers. So we hold each other accountable to make sure that gets done. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I don't know what else that I would say. I mean, other than you and I. We do gut checks every morning. Like, why yeah. are we doing this? Are we covering enough? Are we, yeah, you know, we're do, do, giving other, this adequate? Yeah, giving this adequate uh, airtime or yeah, we. I mean, we do that. And it's about trusting the person who is your quote unquote accountability coach. I mean, you can actually call it an accountability coach, or you can call it like a coach or a partner, mm-hmm. because that is. I mean, it, it it boils down to trust. Do you trust that person to uh, call you out on something, or do you trust the person enough that I can say I can tell them something and they're not going to be offended by it, right? I mean, that's what it's all about. Josh, you were mm-hmm. saying you had a, mm-hmm. something. Yeah, to uh, someone just called and shared uh, as far as the driving aspect of it. Uh, he, ha- he said he had USAA, and I know myself, I have Geico has this as well, where if you even touch your phone while you're driving, it keeps you pretty accountable when it comes to, when it comes to that because it, it'll, it'll alert you, and eventually I think it even docks, you know, it, it docks down. It racks up uh, money on your insurance over time, especially mm. if you if you just are a constant uh, fiddler with your phone when you're driving. I'd love to hear from really? someone. We've gotten two texts now about uh, like a substance abuse, about how accountability mm-hmm. coaches uh, are critical. They're sponsors. Sponsors are mm-hmm. critical in, reco- in in recovery in the recovery community because if you have those moments, those weak moments, or those moments where you are just you just need a little uplift. That is what a sponsor is for, someone who will be there. I mean, I can think of no – it's such a high calling for someone who's been through that, who's gone through that battle, who continues to go through that battle, not like that battle is ever won, but someone who then says, you know what, I'm available to you any time of day. Uh, here's mm-hmm. my phone number. If ever you feel that way, give me a phone call and we'll talk you through mm-hmm. it. I mean, what a noble thing for someone yes. to do, especially someone who yes. still struggles with that. And again, if you know anything about uh, substance abuse and recovery, it's that the battle is never won. It is a constant daily battle. And for someone to do that, to put themselves out there and say, I want to be responsible for you too. Not that you're completely responsible for that person, mm-hmm. but to be willing to talk to them at any, at any moment is is quite a thing. It's quite an effort to have somebody do that. As parents, we're accountable for our children. Did you do your homework? Mm-hmm. Did you do your chores? And I think that's 
a great part of parenting. You have to hold them accountable and they have to be accountable. And when we don't, sometimes children have no sense of responsibility. Uh, again, I, I'm i no perfect parent. I didn't do it the right way. But no. accountability for children is a, is a good thing. And brothers and sisters, too, if they can mm-hmm. be accountable. But I don't think it's a moral weakness or somehow – or not a moral weakness. Somehow it's a, it's a lack of willpower if you lean on somebody to do that for you. Oh, God, no. And no, no, no. Which is why – you know, we can poke fun and laugh at Mike Johnson or whatever, but it's mm-hmm. like if that's if that's something that they feel that they need, then I, who am I to judge uh, what they're doing? And for we all have issues, right, that probably we mm-hmm. could use an accountability coach. And I wish I had the willpower to stop doing the things I probably shouldn't be doing, and maybe I would benefit from having an accountability coach in those circumstances, but um, I'm not going to judge somebody for doing that. And honestly, at least Mike Johnson's talking to his kid about porn. So many of us put our head in the sand and think that our kids are these, you know, angels. Oh, my kid would never watch that. Here's a newsflash. Your kid is totally watching that. And even if it's a girl, they are curious and they are peeking and they may be looking because it is so available. So the fact that they're talking about it you know, sharing that this is not the best way to learn about sex, uh, that it's not for kids, that's a good thing. And I obviously this news story kind of blew up because it's a little odd, you know, being an accountability coach with your son for porn and vice versa. I think his son was for him as well. Uh, it's it, Okay, it's a little weird, but it begs the greater question that, right, aren't we our brother's keeper? We're mm. supposed to yep. take care of each other and hold each other accountable and also Hold each other to a higher standard. You know, if this, as a parent, something that you don't want, talking to your kid about it and saying, this is not what I, this is not my expectation. And I say all the power to him. Uh, That's not something I would do as a parent, but um, I could do it in in different ways. Someone did text that says, I've been an accountability coach for years. Did you take out the garbage? Did you make your bed? Yeah, I know. That's called parenting. That's part of the job. (laughs) And you're doing a great job. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jane is called in on the City's One Plumbing Talk and text line. Jane, uh, do you believe in accountability coaches? Are you one? Actually, I'm not. But I Mm. believe in devices to uh, hold people accountable in a way. I'll take this into a different area. We'll go in a different direction. Um, uh, blood sugar monitors yep. keeps people monitored so that they can tell when their blood sugars get too low, when they should eat something, mm-hmm. when their blood sugars get too high, and they, you know, stop eating or not take any more carbs. So there are many positive things that come out of uh, monitors, and it really isn't anybody that's looking over your shoulder to do it. It's just a patch that you wear, and you, you know, scan it with phone and. It really has helped people manage their diabetes in very, very wonderful ways and help people have a better life. Jane, that's such a great point. Thank you for the call. Our phones Mm -hmm. absolutely are accountability coaches because not only that, Mm -hmm. but with like if somebody who has diabetes, which I think is just marvelous that they can scan something and it tells them. But also we've got, I mean, your phone counts how many steps you take in a day. And it says, hey, if you look into that health thing on your iPhone, it says, yeah, you've gotten, uh, you know, 4,200. You're averaging 4,200 steps this week. Uh, it's a little bit lower than last week. It doesn't say, hey, Tubby, start moving a lot more. But it says it gives you that information. You're like, you know what? 
I got it, and it gives you personal goal. Like I, I, I should strive to be better in this. And I should. So absolutely, our phones are quite the accountability coach. And that's okay. Sometimes a little too much. You know, Adam, I don't have any uh, admission here. I don't have any trackers on my phones for my steps yeah. or my sleep or my exercise. Do you have that? But you do, yes. You, uh, the... Well, I don't use that. What oh, I'm saying is them? I don't use them and I, I never look at it. You know, people with the Apple watches are always like, oh, I got 20,000 yeah. steps today. I'm like, I have no idea how many steps I got today. And also, I'm never going to know. That's just not... Wow. I don't have that compulsion to track that. So don't judge Do me you? if I'm doing it. No. Oh, yes. Oh, God, no. Oh, God, no, 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 no. Of course I don't. But I, for me, I don't want to know. I I feel okay with what I'm doing yeah. now or I, I'm doing the best I can. So I, I feel like that would make me feel guilty. And I think it gets a little obsessive. You've seen those people walking around the room at the end of the night just to make sure I've they get there. their 10,000 steps. I've done that before. Marching in place. Yeah. Yes, I've done that walk around. Well, if you're that close, circle. I mean, yeah. if you're that close, you got a couple hundred to go. Why not? Oh, stop it. Oh, my God. It's too much. That's a good accountability. Uh, okay. That's good accountability. That's what we're talking about. That's a positive accountability. 6514619226. Are you an accountability coach? How have you used one? We'll wrap up that conversation next. A texter nails it, too. I mean, most religion is based on moral accountability like jesus mm-hmm. is my accountability coach right so, you know right. what would jesus mm-hmm. do um mm-hmm. so especially when it comes to mike johnson who is a very conservative christian mm-hmm. fellow that accountability is a good thing and if it has yeah. to if we have to turn it over to a 17 a month app to do it for us well you know that's that's what we have to do by the way your linda's construction time check ten fifty two. Something we're going to talk about in the next hour that I want you guys thinking about. A study I saw that more than 20% of American adults say they rarely or never wake up feeling rested. Mm. And this one struck me because I, um, I, do, I, I sleep now, but I do understand what it's, night, what it's like to wake up not feeling rested. Mine was for a different reason. When I was sick... Right. I would wake up and feel like, oh, my gosh, my body is still exhausted. I can't wake up. But that was also because I had leukemia. Yeah. But I understand that feeling where you're like – and even when I had postpartum depression after my second and third child, I felt that way. You could – it's feel like you could sleep for three days and never feel rested because that's a – depression is a real yep. problem, yes, physical and emotional. Mm. But I, when I was reading the study in the U.S. News and World Report – it identified the problems that are hindering American sleep. And it's not, I mean, sometimes it is, but the, the top five were not illness and were not depression. They were situations that are happening in our country today, like cost of living, gun violence, climate change. And that surprised me, Adam, and, and we're going to talk m- more about this at length next hour. But what keeps us up awake? at night? What yeah, keep, what keeps that's us up the question, at night? I right? mean, do you weigh, lay awake at night thinking about like like environmental issues or political issues? I got my own issues that, <laughs> that yeah. keep me up at night. Usually it's not the external Amen, issues. So that would surprise me if, I mean, good on you for 
feeling so connected to the world. And yes, we all mm-hmm. feel affected by events that are happening in the world, even though maybe they don't directly affect us. But usually that it's not to the point where I'm like up at night thinking about, oh my gosh, I can't believe like what's happening in uh, Ukraine. Um, no, uh, it's uh, what's happening in my life. That right. I actually you know back to to the number two. I'm surprised that that number is only twenty percent. Like I think I, maybe I'm just because I because I feel like I'm not a good sleeper and I feel like mm. I don't get in, enough sleep. Maybe I'm just jealous of the eighty percent. I guess who are saying, "Oh no, I feel absolutely rested when I wake up each morning," but because I think sleep is connected to a lot of stuff in our lives. Oh yeah, that. Oh, yeah. It snowballs. Uh, and I think if, if like a good night's sleep, if it could be consistent, would solve a lot of issues for a lot of people. I totally agree with you. You can tell when your kid didn't sleep well, they are crabby and it's obvious that they're awful and they're a holy terror. <laughs> and I guess we adults are probably the same thing. You know, bad day at work. You got a headache all day. Not enough caffeine in the world to fix a bad night's sleep. But... um. I what surprised me about the study were the things that people were laying awake thinking about and they were much more and maybe it should impress me because they're thinking about these global communal yep. things yep. where like I'm thinking about all right how am I going to pay tuition right you know the next uh, for the next semester I right. mean those are sometimes those are the things that that keep me awake at night they're much more personal than they are global but um so that's what we're going to talk about in the next hour because i'm very curious so you can start texting in at six five one four six one nine two two six uh we're also going to have some fun because i i don't know if david has given josh the keys to the rrg david random review josh generator. do you have those i do oh he found them oh, yeah. you do nice. oh yeah. charlie didn't have them last week i guess he... and i had to pick out of a hat yeah i guess dj by the way did you shares those keys you... with other people right did you finish um, Fall of the House of Usher? No, because my wife and I want to watch it together, and we've just we've been two oh. ships passing in the night. We haven't been able to yeah, sit down that. and watch together. Usually, because we that. want to get to sleep. We want to get to sleep so we don't have to lie awake thinking about the world problems. I finished. It was awesome. Was it? Yeah, it was awesome. All right. It was. It had a satisfying ending. I mean, terrifying, but satisfying ending. And, um, yeah, so I finished Follow the House of Usher, and I'm very much looking forward to see what the RRG has in store for us. So we're going to do that in the 1130 half hour. Stay tuned for that. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 